Today on Awakened to Grace, we're studying out of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. You know, Peter says that we ought to grow up into our salvation. And today in this sermon, we're going to talk about what it means to grow in salvation, what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this sermon, we're going to emphasize that there are some people who they are, they're, they're spiritual infants. They're new to the faith. But then there are others who've walked with the Lord for a long time, but they've never developed, they've never grown into spiritual maturity. The point of today's sermon is to show that it's okay to be where you are spiritually. What is not okay is to be stuck where you are spiritually and not to continue to grow and develop into that great spiritual maturity that the Lord desires for us. So today we're going to begin in 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll work our way to Hebrews chapter 5, and we will see the great spiritual growth that God desires for us. And you know that's why Awaken to Grace exists. We exist to see people grow spiritually in their everyday life. Hope you'll connect with us in a greater way by downloading our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. I hope you enjoy today's broadcast. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. I want to talk to you today about spiritual nourishment. I want to talk to you today about your spiritual diet. Last week, we introduced this series on spiritual growth by talking about spiritual health. What are the vital signs of a believer? How do you check your vital signs? We saw that the vital signs of a Christian is faith, hope, and love. We were in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we saw the works of faith, the labor of love, and the steadfastness of hope. And we talked about how those are the vital signs. You can measure your pulse as a believer by those vital signs. We talked about what each of those meant. We went through the entire chapter of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. <clears throat> Today, we're going to be a couple of different places. And I want to talk to you about your spiritual diet. I want to talk to you about spiritual nourishment. And no matter where you are in your stage of life, no matter where you are in your, in your walk as a believer, this is going to apply to you. And this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for us to look at our own lives and say, am I as healthy as I could be? Am I as healthy as the Lord desires me to be? <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn infants... Long for spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. What a special verse. You should mark this in your Bible because I assure you that this is a lifelong process. There are some of you that you're just now walking with the Lord. You're just now starting to get serious concerning spiritual things. <clears throat> But there's also many of you who, you've been walking with the Lord for many decades. You've been walking with God for many years. 
Oh, my friends, do not skip over this verse. Because we are to continuously grow up into salvation. That's the purpose. That's the goal of what God wants you to become. Ephesians chapter 4 says that we are to grow to the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that sounds like an entire lifelong growth to me. Does it to you? I don't think I will ever arrive this side of eternity to the full measure of the stature of Jesus. I am to continuously grow in my faith. Peter said it like this, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's just unfold a little bit of this. Let's unpack it. What does he mean? Like newborn infants long for spiritual milk. How many of you can remember, some of you have infants now, but how many of you uh, remember when your children were babies? Can you remember those those times that your baby longed for milk and there was no substitute? Do you remember that? I think what Peter's telling us, excuse me, What Peter is trying to say to us is that there should be such an intensity in our lives for the milk of the word of God that nothing will substitute for it. An infant will cry out for milk. Doesn't matter if it's three o'clock in the afternoon or if it's three o'clock in the morning. Is that right or is that wrong? I remember when my children were babies And they would long for that milk. And it didn't matter where you were. It didn't matter if you were in public or if you were at home. When that baby longed for that milk, there was an intensity that kicked in, right? Now, I was fortunate. God has given me a remarkable ability to sleep through anything. So those 3 a.m.s, they... See, last night I was I was asleep when Sadie got home from the uh, women's event here, and uh, she said, "I tried to talk to you." I said, "What did I say?" She said, "Nothing." <laughs> I have a remarkable ability to sleep through anything, but anyways, but you you know what it is for a baby, for an infant, to cry out, to have an urgency, to have a desire for that milk. Do you have that kind of desire for the things of God? Do you have that kind of desire for the word of God that even though you may come to church and hear preaching, even though there may be Christian music on your radio station, even though there may be some Bibles around your house, or even though you pray before a meal, I'm talking nothing will substitute the word of God in your life. Why? Because that's the milk. That's what we grow from. We must have it. And let me tell you, when you can tell that you're very healthy, it's when you long for it. I tell you what, it's something when a baby cries out for milk, but there's nothing better than a baby receiving that and growing just as it ought to grow, right? It amazes me as I had my children, well, Sadie had our children, but as I was, you know, there part of it. uh, It amazes me that when they're born, they didn't come with any kind of instruction manual. It didn't tell me what to do. You remember that? Uh, When Piper was born, our oldest, I had never, 
in my entire life ever truly held a newborn baby. And I was sitting there, and they bring her to me for the first time, and everybody told me that, uh, that as soon as you see her, just all this love that's just going to come in your heart. Well, they handed her to me, and I guess she, the doctor said she had laid, I guess, on Sadie's pelvic bone, and her nose was flat as a board. And I thought, she's got a flat nose. Look at that. What happened? <laughs> It took, it took a second for that love to kick in. I don't know. But. <clears throat> and I was woozy to even start with. You have to understand. And I'm holding her for the very, and I'm sitting down, and I'm holding her for the first time. And the delivery nurse, we're actually friends with her, Debbie Castle. And <clears throat> she said, all right, Dad, let's go. We're going to meet the family. I said, okay. And I go to hand her back. And she said, no, you have to carry her. I said, I can't do that. I've never walked with a baby. And she said, well, you're going to learn. And I'm telling you, it was the longest walk of my entire born days. There was no instruction manual. It didn't tell me what to do. Now, Emmy came along two years later, and I went from rookie to pro. I walked out one arm, slinging my camera. It was like 50 steps. That's all it was. But the first one, whoo, is a doozy. But there's nothing to tell you what to do. Or, and, and listen, I mean, obviously, we know there's much more going, you know, in rearing, a child, rearing children right. There's much more. But think about it with me for a moment. When they're babies, when they're infants, as complicated, as complex as what the human body is and all of its systems and everything that's at stake, it amazes me. The only thing you got to do is feed it. As long as you feed it, it's going to grow. Isn't that amazingly simple? As complicated as bodies are, you just feed it. And it will grow on its own. And you know, I'm afraid some of you, you make spiritual life so complicated. You make it so complex. And some of you don't read the Bible because in your head you think you'll never understand it. Some of you don't really go deep into prayer because you don't understand it. And some of you have just resigned to the fact, well, I'm just not, I'll never get it the way other people. My friends, you're making it far more complicated. All you need is the milk of God's word. And you know what will happen? You'll begin to grow. You'll start to grow just as you're intended to grow. It amazes me when they sent us home from the hospital with our kids. They didn't send a textbook. There wasn't, there wasn't calculations to try to figure out. You didn't have to know algebra or other kind of complicated stuff. All you had to do is just feed it the milk and it grows. Friends, some of you are just... Way too complicated. You need the milk of God's word. Now, what's the purpose of the milk? What's the purpose? <clears throat> the purpose is to grow up into salvation. Now, just underline that phrase or circle that phrase in your Bible. Make it jump out to you. What is the purpose? It is to grow up 
into what? Salvation. Friends, for so many Christians, salvation is the ending. No, 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 no. It's just the beginning. And so many Christians have an attitude. Oh, I did that. <clears throat> oh, that's all I needed. No, thank you. No, it's just the beginning. Salvation is just the beginning. You are to grow up in your salvation. And how do you start? Where do you begin? With the milk of God's word. Hear me. There isn't anything that can substitute nor replace God's word in your heart and in your life. Nothing. So, as we grow up into salvation, what happens? We no longer drink only milk. What do we transition to? Solid food, right? <clears throat> it's funny to me, <clears throat> of my four children, Piper and John Mark have well inherited my appetite. Oh, thank you so much. <clears throat> They, they, have, they have inherited my appetite, ferocious appetite. I went to the doctor a couple weeks ago, I told you, over this pesky little ear infection. And I had gained, I had gained seven pounds since the last time I went. And I'm feeling this morning, this shirt is a little snug on me. I keep going like that. <laughs> but they, get, they have inherited my appetite through and through. Now Hudson and Emmy... You have to sit on them to make them eat. You, you listening to me right now? How many of you, your children are like that or were like that? They could just, and see, <clears throat> Piper and John Mark, now they, they'll eat. John Mark, Sadie will prepare our food and before she can even sit down with her plate, he's already emptied his plate, handing it, saying more. <laughs> he's too, the kid can eat. But Hudson and Emmy, they're different. They get distracted. Any of your kids ever get that way? They get distracted. <clears throat> and if Sadie's not watching them, I can't watch them. But if Sadie's not watching them, if Sadie's not there saying, you're not getting up until you finish eating. No, you're not going to move from the table. You got to eat. Because now they're at that age, they're growing up a little bit. It's no longer the milk that we're feeding them, now it's solid food. Now they've grown up a little bit, and now they have to be told, you have to eat, because they'll get distracted. And Emmy, my seven-year-old, <clears throat> she's prone to getting headaches late in the evening. Do you know why? Because she hadn't eaten. I'll say, Emmy, <clears throat> she'll have a headache. I'll say, Emmy, what did you eat today? Um, a donut. What did you eat that's real food? Um, a donut. That's why you feel bad. You have to eat real food. Do you all have these same conversations at your house? <clears throat> may I say pastorally, may I say carefully, the reason why some of you don't feel well spiritually the reason why some of you don't feel right in your soul, <clears throat> could it be because you're distracted with everything going on in life? Could it be that you're not eating 
the way that you should be eating because there's too many distractions going on. And today, if I sat down with you and I said from last Sunday to this Sunday, out of the whole week, what have you legitimately, spiritually ate? Some of you would be like in me. Uh, A donut. (laughs) And that's why you don't feel well. That's why you're stagnant. That's why you're not growing the way you should be growing. You have to eat well. You have to eat frequently. You have to eat often for you you to grow into salvation. What does he mean, grow into salvation? I've thought about that a lot. Peter also said that we should grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that what Scripture helps us do, it helps us grow in that grace and in that knowledge. I had an opportunity this week to go eat lunch with Ben Wilson, who leads our safety team. And I was telling Ben, you know, when we very first started, if you're a first-time guest today, you may not know I'm completely blind. You can probably tell when I walked up here. But I'm completely blind. And when I lost sight a little over two years ago, the safety team began assigning someone to walk with me all over the church. Well, I was telling Ben this week, I hated it. I despised someone having to walk with me up and down the platform and all throughout the auditorium and lobby. I felt like I was being babysat. I didn't like it. it. It hurt my pride. Well, You know what I was surprised at? You know what I was surprised at? Surprised at the conversations I started having with those on the safety team. I was surprised with how well I got to know the men and women who serve on the safety team. I was surprised when they would say something to me, like we'd walk down the auditorium and they would say, Chad, that really touched my heart today. Thank you for letting me serve with you. Thank you for letting me help you. And now over time, if you'll notice, many of the safety team members, what's to the point now, they just put a hand on my my shoulder right here and they just steer me and guide me. And I love it. I love it. I would rather them steer me than let me walk by myself. And you know what? What I began, what I started off despising, I thought it was such a travesty that they had to do that. But you know what? Now I love it. And now when I come in the building on Sunday mornings, one of the greatest things I look forward to is who's on safety with me. Who do I get to hang out with? Who do I get to talk to? Who do I get to serve with? And now it's one of the greatest joys I have. Could God be offering your life certain grace, different, various graces that you're saying no thank you to? Could God be offering people to help you? Could God be bringing different people in different ways and different roles into your life and you're despising it as I did? No, ask God for for grace. Because what you dread and what you don't look forward to, let me tell you from experience, God has a way of turning 
and making it a joy. Amen? So let God bring grace to you. And God does it in surprising ways. Knowledge, how important is knowledge to the life of a believer? Oh my goodness. Now, you have to be careful with this because, you know, Paul tells us in Corinthians, if we're not careful, we can be puffed up with knowledge, right? It can be a source of pride. But what I find is so many believers, rather than being puffed up, there are many like that, and that's a watch out. But, you know, many believers, they just stay in this place of intimidation where, you know, they just say, well, I could never... I could never grow like that, or I won't ever understand things, or I can't get a handle on that, or whatever. No, you're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. How important is knowledge to the life of a believer? I think it's immensely important. And that doesn't mean that you're always going to know everything. Have you ever talked to somebody who knows everything? They're not real fun to talk to, are they? You're not meant to know everything. You don't need to know everything. And so many Christians will back down and they'll say, well, you know, I don't talk to people about my faith because what if they ask me a question that I don't know? Well, that's okay. Well, you know, I don't read a lot of the Bible because I don't understand it. You know, let me say this before I go further with the knowledge. It's okay I want you to hear me now. It's okay to be where you are spiritually. If right now you need the milk of God's word, don't be ashamed of that. Enjoy the milk of God's word. But what is not okay is to stay where you are spiritually. Would you think we're good parents if... if Emmy, being seven years old, stood up here today with her bell choir and a bottle or a pacifier. You'd say, hmm, what's wrong? Why are they not developing? Why are they not growing? No, it's okay to be where you are right now. What's not okay is to get stuck and not go further. And just like the desire of a parent's heart is to see their children grow and mature and develop and become responsible adults. The desire of our Heavenly Father is to see you grow up into salvation and become a strong and a solid, a fortified, a strengthened, mature believer. That's God's desire for you. But where do you start? You start with the milk of God's word and then you transition to solid food. Now, we are to grow in the grace and the knowledge. Now again, why is knowledge so important? Again, watch the ditches. You don't have to know everything and be puffed up, but you also shouldn't stay exactly where you are. You should be progressing. You should be growing Now, why is knowledge so important? Because, friends, if you and I don't know the Bible, how are we going to live the Bible? If I don't know what the armor of God is, if I can't tell you the six pieces to the armor of God, then how in the world am I wearing it? If I don't know the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, then how do I know if I'm producing them in my life? 
How am I watching for them if I don't even know them? Again, I'm not saying you have to know everything, but I am saying you should be progressing in your knowledge. Because what you know determines how you're able to live. Does that make sense? I want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to recognize when God is bringing grace into my life. I want to recognize when I can administer grace out of my life. And extend grace to other people. I want to grow in the grace and the knowledge. Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. Turn there, if you will. Now, it's interesting. When you and I are young and we are growing up, as many of our children are, <clears throat> when we're young your body just automatically grows. What did we say about an infant? It's actually, it's actually amazing. If you just feed an infant, it grows. Uh, there's, no, there's no crazy calculations to it. You give it two ounces or four ounces or six ounces and it grows. But there comes a point where once our bodies stop growing. And once we are out of school and our minds stop growing because teachers are no longer pushing us, parents are no longer pushing us, there comes a point to when we stop growing. And perhaps some of you feel that way today. Perhaps some of you feel as though you're just stagnant in life. You're stuck in life. You're stuck spiritually. And there's no growth. Why? Because when you're an infant, when you're a baby, when you're young, there's automatic growth. But listen, when we grow up, growth is no longer automatic. Unless it's sideways and you don't want to go that way. But growth is no longer automatic. You have to be intentional about your own growth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, this was the problem with the Corinthian church. They weren't intentional. Now, the Corinthian church wanted to excel in all of the spiritual gifts. They were puffed up with pride. They had all kinds of sin uh, rampant in their church. And Paul had to write a very harsh letter to them. And the first 11 chapters of Corinthians is all kinds of uh, rebuke. And then when you get into chapter 12, he's going to get into the instruction of the spiritual gifts. I'm very excited because the first of the year, uh, that's going to be our primary focus is spiritual gifts. We're going to help you discover. We're going to help you develop. And we're going to help you utilize your spiritual gifts. Uh, I think back to churches that I've been part of and they did a wonderful job helping me discover my gifts, but I wish someone had come alongside me and said, now here's how you develop it. I'm talking not just inside church, but practically. So for example, if you have the gifts of mercy or compassion, what's that look like in everyday life? If you have the gift of discernment, 
What does that look like in everyday life? If you have the gift of exhortation, what does that look like in your daily life? What's it look like in, uh, in the midst of your coworkers? And what's it look like in your, in your greater family unit? And what does it look like every single day for you to live and walk in those giftings? We're going to discover all of that. We're going to develop it. And we're going to try to come alongside you and say, if this is your gift... This is where you should consider serving. This is what you should consider doing. This is how you utilize such a wonderful and a precious gift. And just in case anyone's thinking, well, I bet everybody's got a gift but me. Wrong, wrong, wrong. God puts his giftings inside of every single believer. I promise you that. There are wonderful, great, and many giftings inside you. And we're going to discover them. Well, Paul goes on in chapter 12 to explain the gifts. And then he says in the very last verse of chapter 12, he says, but let me show you a more excellent way. And then he gives us one of the greatest documents in the entire history of mankind. And it's 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. And then in chapter 14, then he blends it all together and says, now desire, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts along with love and you'll excel. But see, the Corinthian church thought they were excelling, and in reality, they weren't. They thought they were mature, but in reality, they weren't. And look what he says in chapter 3, verse 2. He says, uh, somebody help me with the first line. Great. I fed you with milk, but not solid food because you weren't ready for it. You couldn't handle it. You're still children. You're not mature. What a, what a tragedy upon the church. Paul says, I want, I, want to, I want to carry you along. I want to see you grow. I want to see you develop. But the problem with the Corinthian church is they thought they were mature, but in reality, they were children. Could that be an issue with us? Could we think that we have it all together? Whereas if God did a real inventory of our lives, there would be a great deal of immaturity there. Go with me, and this be the last time I have you turned. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12, 13, and 14. Hebrews chapter 5. The author of Hebrews is going to say to his audience... Exactly what Paul said to the Corinthian church. He says in verse 12, By this time you should all be teachers. You think, how many Bibles we own? How many books there are? How many seminars there are? How many teaching videos there are? How much? Oh, what would they say to our generation? By now, you should all be teachers, but yet you need someone to teach you. If you need to go back, what's he say? To the early elementary, to the principles of the oracles of God. In other words, you never got the basics. You're going to have to go back and learn those fundamental basics. And then verse number 13, he says, For everyone who lives on milk is not skillful... In the word of righteousness, for he is a child. Now, watch that. 
God is saying one of the determining factors on whether you are a child or you're an adult spiritually, whether you're immature or mature spiritually, is if you're skillful in the word of righteousness. Are you skillful in God's word? Huh. Remember, nothing substitutes. No preacher, no ministry, no devotion book, no music, all of those things that are good, they're good supplements, but nothing substitutes the word of God. Nothing. And if you're not taking in the pure word of God on a daily basis, then my friend, you're not healthy. He says that those who are immature is what he's saying. Those who are on milk, they're not skillful in the word of righteousness. You know, I wonder sometimes, uh, all of you, for the, I think everyone here probably, you all can see. You've got eyesight. I can't see you, but you all can see each other and you can see me. You can look on the outside and you can tell I'm not hurting for a meal, right? And most of us could look around and we would say, oh, yeah, okay, you know, they, they got some meat on their bones. But what if God gave us spiritual eyes today? And what if we saw the inward man, our spirit? What do you think that would look like? Some of us would look so weak and so frail and so beat down. Why? Because we do not daily take in the word of God. And what's worse, there are so many who are unable to because they can't handle the solid food. Look at verse number 14. For the solid food is for the mature. Now, here's the good news today. If you can't handle the solid food of God's word, here's the good news. It won't take you long to be able to. It won't take you long to grow. You can take someone who's malnourished and skin and bones and underfed and you can take someone, you can feed them properly, you can feed them proportionately, you can feed them routinely and it's not going to take long to see a turnaround. So it is in your spiritual life. But what you can't do is you can't stay in this place where you feel like you're inadequate, where you feel like you're left behind. Where you feel like you'll never understand anything or never grasp it or never be part of those whatever you think in your head or spiritually elite people. No, no, you can't think that way. You have to take God's word as truth. And what the truth of God's word is, is the fact that each and every one of us can grow up into our salvation. So let me ask you, a pointed question today. Are you neglecting your salvation? Or are you growing up into it? Are you neglecting God's word? Are you like Miami? You're distracted with everything going on in life. And you're not eating right. You're not eating properly. You're not even eating frequently. Or are you on a good disciplined diet of God's word? You know, if I came in here this Sunday... And I had told you that I had only ate a few morsels of food since last Sunday. What would you say? 
You'd probably say, well, you don't look like it. But <laughs> other than that, you would say, Chad, something's wrong then. You can't do that. You can't sustain that. Unfortunately, what is one of the first signs that someone is falling ill? Loss of appetite. And friends, it's the same spiritually. If you do not long for the pure milk of God's word, if you are not hungry for the righteousness of God, if you are not craving the word of God in your life, then friends, may I propose to you, something's not right within you. Something's wrong. And today we're diagnosing it. Today you need to begin to pray, God, I'm going to go back to the basics. And I'm going to begin to feed myself the word of God. This is why the project that we're launching today, Mornings with God, this is why this matters to me so much. Now, mornings may not be your thing. You may do evenings with God or nights with God or afternoons with God. For me, I love the mornings. I love the mornings because I think the clearest. It's the best of me. It's the best of my energy. It's the best of my thinking. It's I'm sharp and I'm clear. The earlier, the better. And I love the mornings, and that's what I love to spend with God. But no matter what it is for you, if it's mornings or whatever it is, is there a time of your day that is dedicated to the Word of God? Not dedicated to just Christian music. That's good, but... Not dedicated to just your favorite authors. That's good too, but it's, I'm talking the word. Is it in you every single day? And for you to be the healthiest, for you to grow up into your salvation, the word of God must be daily into you. If we had eyes to see our spirit man, so many of us would have only shown we only eat One day a week from Sunday to Sunday. And that's why you don't feel well. That's why you're lethargic spiritually. That's why you don't feel God's presence like you once did. You're too distracted. You need to carve out time. You need to to cut time out of whatever's going on. And you need to say, I'm going to put the word of God in me every single day. And I promise you, you'll, gain your, you'll regain your health, you'll grow spiritually, and God will do tremendous things in your life. Do you have a quiet time? Do you have a devotion time? Do you have a scripture reading time where you're not distracted? And, 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 and let me just say this, because I feel the Holy Spirit leading me to say this. Some of you try to do your Bible reading on your phone. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're somebody that your phone keeps dinging and you keep opening up Facebook and Instagram and all that other stuff, put your phone up. Amen? Just put it up. You don't have to have it 24 hours a day. And let God talk to you. Emmy, quit eating the donuts. Eat some real food. And I promise you, you're going to feel it. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. 
It corrects us. It helps us. It guides us. It feeds us. And Lord, I don't want anyone here today to feel condemnation. For there is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus. But rather, God, what my desire is, is for us to be spurred along. For us to stir one another up unto good works. So, Lord Jesus, will you encourage us to spend more time in your word? We're doing many wonderful things as a church right now, God. I look at, I look at all the community projects we're doing. and God, the level of generosity out of this church has been staggering. And what I love more than anything, God, is all of this generosity, bless the blue, smile foster kids, Bibles for Bangladesh, Cairo, Egypt missions, Bibles for Pakistan, Christmas for Hope Haven. All of these good things, God, none of it goes to us. It all goes outside the walls. And that's where we want the gospel to go. We never want to light our candle and put a bowl over it. And so often, Lord, that's what we do in our churches. Oh, the candles are lit so bright in here, but there's four walls and a ceiling over it. The light needs to go out there where it's the darkest. And that's what we're doing with small foster kids. That's what we're doing with Bibles for Bangladesh. It's what we're doing with Bless the Blue. But God, if we do all of that, if we, if we, if we accomplish all these things, but we're weak spiritually, we're anemic, there's no strength in us. We're lethargic in our spirits because we're doing a lot of activity, but we're not taking in the meat the solid food of God's word. Help us, Lord Jesus. I want to see our church above everything, above all the events, above all of the missions, above all of the good things that you allow us to do by your grace, God. Above it all, I want to see us grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our greatest desire. How can we glorify you, God, if we're not healthy? How can we glorify you, God, if we're weak and anemic and just no and, and lethargic and sick? How can we glorify you like that? No, God. Make our inner man, our spirit man, make it stronger than it's ever been. Because the word of God abides in us. And Lord, don't let us substitute this new album that the worship team has out. It's wonderful. Yes and amen. I love it. But it's no substitute for the word of God. My preaching series. No substitute for the word of God in our daily private lives. So God, let us increase our discipline. Let us carve our mornings for you or whatever the time of day is. 
as we like to say here lately, don't face the day until you've been face to face with God. So God, as for me, my best is in the mornings. And God, that's what I want to give to you. So increase our discipline. Increase these things in us that our faith is ever increasing. That grace is multiplied to us. That peace is ours in the name of Jesus. That joy is overflowing. God, show us that the greatest things you want to do in us have nothing to do with money, have nothing to do with our hobbies or the things that we give our time to. The things that you want to do in our lives are priceless, they're precious, and they only come through seeking you. So let us get better at seeking God than anything else. Let us be better in prayer than we are at doing anything else. Let those cravings come. Let us long for spiritual milk. I want it, Lord. Be glorified in this, your church. In Jesus' name, amen.